Well, great to see you all. Welcome back to Nightlife. It has been four weeks since we've opened and you're still here. Well done. Pat on the back to you all. Who's enjoying our um, series so far? Yeah. Um, we, we've been talking a lot about sacrifice. And um, last week we started a series called What to Bring When You're Told Not to Bring a Thing. And uh, for many of you, you know that that means that's referring to like a, a favorites kind of slogan, right? And uh, this is the key idea that it is designed to wrestle with. And it's this idea that because God's grace is so good and it's so free and we had to do nothing to earn salvation, sometimes we get the feeling like we don't have to do anything. There's nothing that we need to bring. Because God didn't ask for anything in the first place, then we can live our lives without bringing something anyway. And that is the mindset that this series is designed to challenge because it's a very tempting mindset to fall into, to rest back on that, God, you, your grace is so good, I'm just going to sit in it. And uh, I don't think that's what God's called us to. I don't think that's what a life of fruit, um, that, that's not a foundation for a life of fruit. And that's what this series is uh, talking about. And uh, just give me a minute. Now, the Bible is clear that salvation is free, and it's given to us by the gift of God, right? But it also says that that's the beginning of our faith. That's the infancy. That's the, the very basics of Christianity is that the gift of salvation is free by grace. But we've got to understand that is the very beginning. And as we mature in our faith, our lives should start to look a little bit different. We shouldn't be thinking about that moment the entire time. As we mature in our faith, we should actually go, I know you didn't expect anything from me salvation for, for salvation, but what can I bring to you, God, as we mature? And, and I want to read to you from 1 Peter 2, 2 to 5. Now, our key scripture has been from verses 4 and 5, and so we're just reading a couple beforehand tonight to give you a bit of context for where we're going tonight. And it says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Who's tasted that the Lord is good? Who's received Christ and salvation and understands, right? This is saying that's the beginning. You understand? It says there's space to grow. There's space to grow from here. There's space to grow up in your salvation. You don't stay at that place and it goes on and it says, as you come to him, this is the familiar scripture we've been working with, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What is this scripture saying? It's, that saying, it's saying that it's great to understand that the gift of salvation was free. But as you grow up, you start to realize something, that you're the holy nation, that you're the spiritual house, that you're the royal priesthood, and you've got something that you can bring. Amen? We need to move from a place of infancy in our faith to understanding that we are 
priests. And we are the people to bring something. We are the spiritual house of God. We have a sacrifice to make. You know, and last week I, um, I briefly touched on a few areas that um, are things that we can bring when we're told not to bring a thing. Does anybody remember what they were? God's box of favorites. There was four points last week, four sacrifices. Finance, love, praise, and then your whole self, right? So there's four, four of the sacrifices that we went through. We, we, and I could only just really touch on them. That's all time allowed, right? And I just feel like there's so much depth in each one of them. And some of you kind of go, how's that a sacrifice? So I, I've made a decision to go into depth on each one of them so that we understand what it is that we can bring and how we can bring it. That's what the next four weeks is going to be. And I think, I don't know about you, but I don't like doing stuff that I don't understand. I feel silly. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Eventually you go, this is rubbish, right? I like to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and why it has significance and why it has meaning. So I want to bring some significance and meaning to that stuff so you don't rock up every week and just kind of go through the motions, right? Are we cool with that? So the first one I want to talk about tonight is a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. And uh, Danica has been uh, working her pencil again um, today. She's done a graphic that will make sense for you um, as we move on to this. And uh, we'll get that graphic available to you later as well. And uh, hopefully after this, you'll just need to look at that image. You'll understand what a sacrifice of praise involves. So I'm just going to pray. Father, we, we pray that you would speak to us clearly tonight. Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds to hear from you to change if we need to. We want to honor you tonight with everything that we are and everything we do in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the reasons that praise is a sacrifice is that because it tells us so in Hebrews 13, 15, if we can get that one up. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess His name. You know, praise, if we determined last week, not praise, welcome back praise, but praise is something that we can bring to God as a sacrifice. Sorry, praise. Get up here. No. It's something that we can bring to God as an acceptable sacrifice. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I'm like, oh, great. I can, I can show up with something, God. Like, this means something to you? I don't, that should mean something to us, that we can offer something to a God, right? And uh, it's an acceptable sacrifice for God's priesthood to make. And the key scripture we'll be learning from tonight is actually a, a Psalm of David. And it's found in Psalm 141, verse 1 to 2. I'll give you some context after I read it. It says, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. This psalm is written by David, and David is an anointed king, but he is not king yet. Does everybody know this story? He was anointed as a shepherd boy child, but spent a long time waiting. Saul was king. Saul was jealous. Saul had uh, a bounty on his head, basically, and was hunting him. So you've got to understand the context in which David is writing this. David is in hiding, and David is in a place where he literally cannot bring a thing. Do you understand that the sacrifices that need to be made needed to be made in the tabernacle? 
He needed to go to the presence and, and engage a priest to make the sacrifices and honor God. He's in hiding. And he's literally in a place where he cannot bring a thing. And he prays this prayer to God. And it says, let my prayers be counted to you as incense. Let my hands be an acceptable offering. And God's like, how did you know that this is why I'm leading you? Like, it's like David in this moment starts to actually prophesy what we would end up doing as something that is acceptable unto God when we're in a position where we can't bring a thing, right? He's, he's actually going far ahead into the Bible and saying, I'm, I'm, this is God's bringing it out of him and saying, this is, this is actually acceptable. You can, you can speak prayers from your lips and raise your hands and it will be a holy and acceptable sacrifice to God, right? May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like an evening sacrifice. You know, we see it again in um, Psalm 63, 3 to 4. He's still in hiding, right? It's actually before this one, but he's in hiding at this point as well. And he says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And we see this throughout all of the Bible, the pairing of hands and lips. The pairing of your lips and your hands as an acceptable sacrifice to God. And so tonight, I want to give you a quick rundown of what it looks like to bring a sacrifice of praise Back then, all the way through to now, it's all the same. And it involves your hands, it involves your lips, and it involves your heart. So I've got three points tonight. It's quite simple. It's quite easy to grasp, and it's quite easy to tell where you're at with it, all right? So I'm expecting it to be a little bit challenging. Are you ready for it? If nothing, you're always ready for a challenge in this room. That's what you'll get. Welcome, boys. Come on in. Point number one, a sacrifice of praise involves hands up. Hands up. You know, the word um, hand in Hebrew, it, it means, it's the, the word is yad, Y-A-D, right? And it means hands or hand, right? So everyone put your hand out. This is your yad. The word changes a little bit, and it is yada, right? And it means to express praise. Express praise. You know, Aristotle called the hand the instrument of instruments. There is something significant in your hands. He said that it is for the body as the intellect is for the soul. And he saw it as an ideal grasping in senses both actual and figurative. A guy called Quintilian, has anyone heard of him? I haven't, just a name drop. <laughs> Quintilian is a philosopher and he believed that the gestures it made were almost as expressive as words. That's pretty impressive. They are the, the symbol, your hands are the symbol of human action. They are a representation of your physical being of your actions, right? They play music, they draw, they build, they create, 
they invent. They pick up a sword, they go to war, and then they shake someone else's hand, and then they make peace. There's significance in your hands. They caress a child, they hold a partner, they speak sign language. Humans are God's finest and most impressive creation. Do you agree? And the hands, for thousands of years, have fascinated philosophers as, on humans, the most impressive part of creation. Now, they didn't understand the brain back then, right? Because that's pretty impressive too. The human is at the top of the list of most impressive creations. And for centuries and, and millennia, the hands have been like the top of, understood as the top of creation on humans, right? You know, the Greek physician Galen found the intricate relationships amongst its muscles, bones, and ligaments. He called them amazing and indescribable. Your hand. How many overlook the importance and the brilliance of a hand sometimes? These things are incredible. The dexterity that you have, the fine motor skills. And what an incredible gesture it is to offer up to God, back to Him, the symbol of all of your human action, His most greatest creation, back to Him and say, it is yours. This is for you. You gave it to me, I give it back. Whatever you need, whatever this thing represents, whatever this thing can do, it belongs to you. There's some power in your hands. And I could go on, like the significance in them. Go look it up yourself. I don't have time to go into it. But it's a symbol of your entire physical being. And you thought you were just copying what everyone else was doing. In church, you know, you thought you were just doing it because the person next to you did it and you didn't want to feel weird, right? You know, King Solomon modeled it in 1 Kings 8.22. It says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread his hands out towards heaven. We overlook these things sometimes. We just go, what did he say? No, he spread his hands out towards heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven and earth. And he goes and praises God. Don't forget the hands. They were in there, right? On top of this, Paul, the Apostle Paul, explicitly requests that we do this when addressing it in the New Testament church in 1 Timothy 2.8. He says, therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting holy hands without anger and disputing. He's specifically talking to men. This isn't men in like a, he's addressing an issue with men that thought, oh, I don't need to do that. This is something that men should be leading in, guys. This, isn't some, this is something we need to work through, and we'll get to the, the application of this later on. And I could go through all sorts of significant parts of the hand and examples of it in the Bible and, and specific moments where people have called it out and said, let's do it. Um, but in the end, it just comes to the fact that God has asked and modeled that way for us to praise Him. He's wrote it, wrote it down simply in His Word. And just like you have a particular way of being praised and loved, so does God, right? And He's, he's put it out for us to do. You know, have, have you heard of the five love languages? Sometimes I don't know which one I am, I'll, I'll be honest, and it probably drives Tamara crazy. And the idea is that there's, there's five love languages, and maybe one or two of them will be the way that you feel loved by somebody, if they love you in that that way or regard, right? Has anybody not heard of them before? 
Okay, it's pretty, it's pretty common, but we're getting around. And you know, the cruel thing is that the person you marry will probably have the exact opposite one than you. The one you don't understand, the one you, you, the one you struggle to give, like they're going to have that one, right? So maybe do a test before you, no, it, it's, it's supposed to be that way, right? It, help, it helps you. Tamara has the worst love language out of all of them. She can't hear me, but she probably will. She may. And I'm actually, like, certain that this gift isn't real, uh, that, this, that this, like, love language isn't real. Like, it's made up. Like, a, a woman got into this book and said, wrote this one down. And it was like, oh, and the guy's like, oh, really? Oh, I guess I have to. I'm, I'm convinced it's a scam, right? And, and, and Tamara has this one, this love language, right? Do you know what it is? Acts of service. It's a huge scam. It's, I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist, but I am here, right? And uh, so get this. So for Tamara to feel loved by me, I have to do the dishes, to take out the rubbish, to vacuum the floors and clean the bathroom, and then she feels loved by me. Sounds very convenient, doesn't it? Me, on the other hand, my love, main love language is, I would say, physical touch. Any of the boys out there? That, yeah. And so this is what it looks like for Tamara to show love to me. This is me in the kitchen, this pulpit, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, she loves me. It's a scam, I tell you. It's totally cruel. I have to clean the house to show my wife I love her, and she just has to brush past me in the kitchen. And, I, you know, I often find myself being like, why can't yours be physical touch? It'd be so great. Why can't yours be like playing video games on the couch? You know, quality, that, that's quality time to me, you know? Why can't you just, you know, you know, love it when I worship in church, God, and I just fold my arms and tap my foot. You know, why can't you just love it how I love it? Why can't you just love it when I just, when I just sing a bit? But this isn't about you. You forgot who we're here to sing for. You forgot who we're here to sacrifice for. This is why it's called a sacrifice of praise, right? And the first thing that we need to understand about a sacrifice of praise is that it involves hands up. It involves your hands, right? And it involves your hands because God's just, that's just what God's into, right? Number two, mouths open. Mouths open. This one's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to go too far into this, but do you know that your words are powerful? You know, Proverbs says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. You've heard that, right? Do you know that, do you realize that you were saved because of words that you spoke? Just let that sink in for a moment. You spoke some words, confessed something from your mouth that was in your heart, came out of your mouth, and your eternal destiny changed. Do you understand 
that there is something in words that's beyond what you have given it credit for. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, out of the mouth, uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We believe that in this place, right? We ask people to pray a prayer after us and to repeat it after me. And by faith, that declaration saves you. There's power in your words. There's power in actually opening them, not thinking them, not just being here, opening your mouth and speaking it out. That's pretty powerful. God created the universe with what? Words. He spoke it. He said, let there be light. Light covered the earth. There's power in your words. There's power in your confessions. And like we said in Hebrews 13, 15, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. There's so much power in your words. And God actually says that it's something we can bring. How good is that? You know, I've spent a lot of time at, um, on music teams uh, in church life. Um, I started learning guitar uh, just when I got out of high school. And then that was, you know what the music team's like, eh? Oh, you're getting lessons. Come on. Um, and so I was on roster just years and years and years, week after week after week. And, you know, eventually, um, well, anyone on music teams knows that you see an awful lot from the stage, right? You think we're all preoccupied with what we're doing. We're not. We're not. Like, maybe if you're a beginner, yeah, you're pretty busy. Like, but after a while, you're just kind of like, you're just chilling, keeping an eye out on what everyone's doing, you know? I've seen a lot of things over these. You're like, oh, so-and-so's late again, but they got the coffee. They had time for the coffee. Thank you, Jesus. And then you're like looking around and you see all sorts of things in the auditorium when you're up there. And, for, you know, for years, um, you, you'd see, you'd see uh, like the oldies. You're just like, you'd be playing like a Planet Shakers song. And they're like, but then that one song that has like part of a hymn in part of the song comes on. It's not even the full hymn. It's the re- rearranged version with a bit of it in the chorus. And they're just like, you know, I've seen uh, people fully extended in worship, passionately praising God, but I'd also see people not able to even open their mouths. I've seen grown men click their fingers to music, but not open their mouths. I've seen people tap their feet, but not open their mouths. I've seen people close their eyes, but not open their mouths. And what are we thinking when we do this? Oh, God, I'm here, you know. You're welcome. (laughs) I got out of bed and I'm here, so this is my sacrifice of something, you know. Oh, this is a, you know, this is a great song. I'm just going to close my eyes and enjoy the atmosphere. And hear me, I've, just last week I told you to come and enjoy the atmosphere. If you weren't comfortable, you weren't ready, we've got time for everybody to grow here. We're leading people in a direction here, right? You with me? 
I like to sit and enjoy the atmosphere sometimes. If I'm at a conference, some of them I'm just going to sit there and receive from God, right? Or I'm going to start with worship. I'm going to start with praise. And I'm going to get to that place where I just feel still and God just starts to download into my spirit, right? But, you know, did you forget that you're here to, you're here as a priest. You're here to minister to God. You're here to bring a sacrifice of praise. Not to feel like butterflies and like tap to the beat. Is this okay? You know, as, as you mature as a Christian, we need to understand that this is something that needs to grow. This is something that needs to change. If you are in this place and you are coming and enjoying the atmosphere, please do it. Please keep doing it. But understand as we mature, we need to start opening our mouths. We need to start lifting our hands and saying, God, I give you the full intent of my actions. I offer your marvelous creation and everything I can do up to you. And I open my mouth and I speak power into the air. I change the atmosphere. I'm not just going to be a recipient of the atmosphere. I'm going to be a contributor to the atmosphere in this place. And I'm going to offer you a sacrifice of praise. Open your mouth. Bless the Lord. Sing, shout, and bring him something fresh, uh, precious from the fruit of your lips. Amen? Last one. This is probably the most important one, and it, it's, a it's a prerequisite for the other two. Can you see? Hands, mouth, right? This drawing starting to make sense. The last one is hearts in. Hearts in. How many know you can, you can, you can do those two things? without something in it, you know. Psalm 57, 7 to 9, says, My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. I want to keep that scripture up for a minute. That word soul. Awake my soul. It is translated to be the word kabod. Kabod. And that is a, that is a fascinating word that basically sums up your, your weight, your essence, your, your energy. Like, I've got some words up there. It's, it's translated as heaviness, your burden, your riches, your reputation, your importance. You're bringing your glory. Some versions say, awake my glory. I will praise you, Right? your splendor, your honor, your kabod needs to be behind everything you do for God, right? And David is saying, God, I want to bring to you my kabod. It's, I want to, you know, I don't want to just go through this, awake my kabod, awake my glory, awake my soul, I'm going to praise you, right? Your kabod, it's your essence. It, it, for David, it's his gifts, it was the harp, it was the lyre, it's his attention, it's his weight, his reputation, his spark, his energy, his focus, right? All of you have kabod. It comes out sometimes in different places. Sometimes it doesn't come out in here. Maybe for some of you it's never come out in here, but it comes out at like a footy game. It comes up when the boys get a W. I've heard it before. Have you ever been at a wedding and you see someone dancing hard out, but they're like a terrible dancer? There was a slight giggle there because you probably hope that's not you, right? 
here's the thing with dancing, right? They could be terrible, but you hit, they hit the dance floor and they just, they just let it rip. And it doesn't matter how bad they are, they steal the show, right? I went to a wedding in um, Sydney, didn't know a single person, and it was one of Tamara's friends. I spent the whole night videoing this, this old guy that was just like going for it. I didn't give my kebab to that place, but I was just like, this guy's giving his kebab today. He's shaking his kebab. But when somebody like just goes for it, like they put their whole kebab into it, like you remember that more than you remember the bride. <laughs> Maybe that's just the boys thing. I don't know. But I'm like, that's the guy I'm watching tonight. Like, get it. It's just something, you don't, you don't judge a person that puts in 100%. You don't judge a person that goes out there and they're like, just moving their body, right? They're just like getting into it and you're like, oh, your technique's a bit off, you know? I don't know dance terms. But your, your kabod is important, right? Your heart that's in it, it doesn't matter how bad it looks. It matters that your heart's in what you're doing, you know? When uh, my, my son went and did his first week at soccer, oh, he got like, he had new soccer boots on. And he, he wasn't, he was just running around chasing the pack, you know, as they do. And he was, he was just like, the whole time he's just running and he's like checking himself out. He's looking at his shoes as he runs and he's like doing this superhero run. And he just wasn't anywhere near the ball. He's one of the worst kids on the field. And I was just like, yeah, like get it. Because he'd put his kabod into it, you know. And it just put a smile on my face because he just went for it. His heart was in it. And I was like, yes, your heart's in it. Right, if he'd gone out there and slumped his shoulders and just kind of be like, it's in my obligation, is the 45 minutes up yet? Thanks for the 10 bucks, Dad. You know, there's a huge difference between bringing something with heart and bringing something without heart, right? Tamara and I have had to work on this in the the past few years. Um, You know, I was, there's been times where I felt like I was giving her a lot of time, but it just would not, satisfy and so you know I felt kind of cramped and I was looking for my own time and I was frustrated I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you feel that way and um, I was frustrated she was frustrated because she wasn't getting what she needed I wasn't getting what, what I needed and uh, so we had a chat about it and I'd be like hey like I'm spending like nearly every night with you just chilling just on the couch watching Netflix right what's going on like I can't give you any more time and um, she said something that I can never forget. It was like, it, it really got my attention. And it was just like, you could just spend one night with me, but give me your full attention and focus, and you can do whatever you want the other rest of the week. And I was like, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> I've been sitting on this couch every night, trying to give you in. You're saying I could just give you one and then I could have six to myself? Are you kidding me? If you haven't realized, I like time to myself, right? A lot of the boys understand. Tamara doesn't just want me present. She wants my presence. Right? That's what feels okay. That's what love looks like. That's what a relationship looks like. I could be sitting on the couch and be present, but not be present. 
not offer my presence, right? She wants my kabod. She wants my kabodi. Silly joke, silly joke. I'm erasing that if I repeat this. You know, you can come to church, you can raise your hands, you can open your mouth and sing the song, but if your heart's not in it, you can be present in the room. You get in your car, you come here, you do your bit, you do your time. It's not enough for you, and it's not a sacrifice of praise because it's missing something. It's missing you. It's missing your focus. It's missing your attention. It's missing your energy. It's missing your kabod, right? You can be present, but God wants your presence. How many know it's a big difference between me telling my wife over a text that I love her and actually looking in her eyes and telling her that I love her to her face? You know, one of them is impersonal, it lacks feel. It's largely out of obligation. The other takes attention. It takes time. It takes sacrifice. So when we bring that sacrifice of praise, we should be offering up our hands, opening our mouths, and we should do so with our hearts engaged. Hands up, mouths open, hearts in. That's a sacrifice of praise, people. I'm going to bring this in. I might get Jolie up. Some of you might be thinking, Ben, who's ever used, it's, it's, I'm in a relationship, not a religion. I don't think you realize what you just said. Religion, that's like easy when you realize what a relationship is. Religion doesn't require kabod, doesn't require you, doesn't require your heart. Relationship does. And I've seen people over the years use, oh, it's a relationship as a way to like avoid, accountab- <coughs> avoid accountability. To kind of say, just leave me alone, I can do whatever I want. It's my relationship. How's your relationship going? How's that relationship going with zero kabod, with zero heart? with zero essence. Are you sure you want to keep saying that this is a relationship? Because it is, by the way. That's what we're called to. I'm not disagreeing. That's the truth. God's called us into relationship. It used to be religion. Now it's relationship. But you've got to understand, for us to say it's a relationship is not a religion is not a concession to make something easier. It requires you doesn't require you to do everything. doesn't require you to be up here and killing animals and making sacrifices and doing it. just requires you. just requires the other half to bring their kabod, to bring their heart. You know, what, what relationship ever succeeded with people loving each other the way that they wanted to be loved themselves? Relationships that succeed know what the other party wants and they love them how they need to be loved. They give them what they need in the way that they need it. I've met a lot of people that, you know, say, oh, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. It's a relationship. 
but then they mail in their praise. It's just like they just come and they stand here and then go home. They just mail it in. It's impersonal. It's like a text. You know, they say that Jesus is everywhere and church could be in my house and at work and here and there. And But then they don't pray. They don't open their mouth during the week. They don't. But it's a relationship, you know. Sometimes we, we kind of just want to do our religious duties. But we can't have it both ways because the fact is we're called to a relationship. And if we live our lives in a one-way relationship with no kabod, just living religiously, I'm sorry, that relationship is not great. It's pretty, uh, I don't know what you'd be getting from it, but probably not much. No, what you're still wanting might be just a religion. Somewhere where you can come and do your deeds, do your time, get out the door, maybe feel a little bit better about yourself. That's not what we're called to, church. Now, I don't judge. Can You hit, You know where my heart is. If you're new, understand where I'm coming from tonight. I have time. We have time and space for anyone to grow through this but we have a conversation that starts it, right? This is not to make anybody feel bad or wherever for wherever they are right now or wherever they've been or where they might continue to struggle through. This is about truth and this is about making a pathway forward, right? might be sitting here tonight and you think, oh, well, sacrifice of praise, that sounds hard. I don't like lifting my hands. It's a bit weird. I never did it at my growing up. My parents never did it at the church they were at or my, my previous church never did it. It's uncomfortable. I've got sweat stains under my armpits. I think you might be entering sacrifice territory where it actually feels like you're giving something to do it. You know, I'm aware that we've got people in this room from different backgrounds, different denominations, different church history. Can I tell you that raising hands in church is not a Pentecostal thing? It's a God thing. It existed long before denominations existed. This is a God thing. I'm not trying to fly a banner for. Pentecostal churches right now. I'm preaching the Bible. God's into hand raising and offering up your hands and saying, I give them to you. Everything they represent, everything they'll do this week, everything they've done in the past, it's all yours. You gave me these, I'm giving them back. They have symbolism that I may not understand, but here they are. I trust your word. I trust this is what you've asked me to do. I trust this is how you receive offering how you receive praise, and I want to love you the way you've asked to be loved. I feel strange. I feel weird, but this is my sacrifice. And if it puts a smile on your face, I'm going to put some kabod into it. I'm going to feel like the weird dancer on the wedding floor, but I'm going to steal the show, God. I'm going to steal your heart, and you're going to smile. Because I'm not here to win my own affections. 
I'm not here to win the affections of the people around me. I'm just here to sacrifice because I'm a priest. I'm a holy church and I'm here to bring something. Please hear this tonight. We sacrifice not for our salvation, but from it. If you need clarification on that, you need to listen to Pastor Russell's message this morning. Nightlife is a part, our PM service is a part of Centerpoint Church. And uh, that is up on YouTube. And it was an incredible exposition of grace, the free gift of God, receiving it and how it changes your life. That is the heart of this church, right? So this is coming from that platform tonight. You cannot win anything. You cannot grab more from God. We're just here to give a sacrifice, and I just want to talk about how to do it. Is that cool? This isn't to make anybody feel like less than, needs to do more than, none of that. So don't feel pressured, but do listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about tonight. Do listen to what He's talking to you in your heart about tonight. Some of this is going to take a little bit of chewing. This isn't milk, is it? This isn't the spiritual milk for the infants. This is going to take some chewing. Take a bit of a wrestle, a bit of a think. Some of you tonight, you've just gone, oh, no, that's it, I get it. From now on, I'm going to give you that. Where do you sit with all this tonight? Let's just, can you just take a moment, stop reviewing my message for like you know, Google reviews or something. Go on YouTube to give me a thumbs down. <laughs> They're anonymous, by the way. And just review yourself for a moment. Can you do that? Where are you at with this? What is God asking from you? You know, some of those moments where I've, I've gone, why do I struggle with that, God? The, the, the fact that I'm wrestling with it has been enough evidence for me to go, that's got to go. That's got to go. There were times I just couldn't, I didn't want to raise my voice loud enough so the person next to me could hear it in church. It was like, nah. And there was a time at Bible college, they were just like, if you can't lift up a shout of praise, like we're all just going to do it. And like the, the room, everyone was shouting and like creating this environment where it was totally not embarrassing. And I'm still sitting there like, no, can't do it. And I just knew it had to go. It had to go. I'm in that room and I just feel silly even counting on it, how silly I felt doing it. I just shouted. Shouted, shouted, shouted. And something broke in me that was just like, you know what, God? You get it. You can have it. It's not about me. It's a journey. Where are you sitting tonight? Have you been mailing it in? Have you been saying you're in a relationship but actually looking for a religion? Have you been lifting your hands and maybe your voice, but your kabod's not there? I'd like to say it works the other way around, but I, I, I struggle to see how someone with their heart in it can't express it. Praise is expressive in every sense of the word. I've never seen anybody sitting there like, oh, my heart is so open to you, God. Like, I just want to praise you. It's like a fire in my bones. Praise expresses. Praise comes out. It's expressed through our hands. It's expressed through our voices. 
let's not sit in the chairs and go, oh, you got my heart, God. I don't think it works that way. I think deep down you know it doesn't work that way. Does God have your attention, your focus, your weight, your glory? Maybe tonight's the night where you realize that God is to be praised in a way that you didn't feel like praising Him. Maybe tonight you realize you've been living that religion you didn't even realize and you're ready for a relationship. You know, I really want to give people an opportunity to do that tonight as well as people are kind of contemplating. Because we've got to know Jesus. We've got to get these foundations down pat. This, this church, this demographic, this ministry needs to get off milk. We need to get to mature. I don't want to, I don't want, you know, we've got people having babies. We got, we're getting old. And we're getting young at the same time. We've got more people coming through. 18, 19, 17-year-olds. And I just don't want to see you guys with a bit of gray and a couple babies sitting in church doing this in 10 years and saying, oh, yeah, you know, doing my bit. When you were so on fire tonight, when you were so on fire last year, men, holy hands, lead it. This is for us. Come on, let's deal with that. Let's lead the way. Let's lift those things. Men, we struggle with wanting to do everything ourselves, to keep it to ourselves. God, I can look after this. No, I trust you. You got it. I'm going to use them, but I commit them to you. I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead my spouse. I'm going to make it easy for them to do it because they've always seen me do it. Men, lift your hands. Let's get it in our spirit. We don't want a generation growing up and this just becoming like a, a church that we review the service every week and what did we get out of it? And oh, the service wasn't meaty enough. I'll give that a five out of 10. You know, the greeters were a bit uh, over the top, a bit huggy. Six out of 10, you know. These more meats need to go deeper. We'll give you the meat when you can handle the milk. Yeah? Tonight, it's moving on from milk. This is some meat. We've got to understand when we praise, it involves our hands, it involves our mouths, it involves our hearts. And I think that image that Danik has done really sums up all three working together. That image is a sacrifice of praise. And I just want to thank you, Danik, for drawing it. Um, but we've got to be, uh, can I get the worship team back up? got to be ready to bring a sacrifice of praise. And uh, while they come up, this is a slight side note. Um, on the topic of bringing something, I, I love if you're enjoying nightlife, but we need more people involved in teams. We need more people contributing to the house and, and playing their part in what they do here. And so if you love it, even if you've been coming a few weeks, jump on a team. You know, Georgia, I see scrambling around, lifting chairs every week because we've got people pulling out of teams and rosters and but she's still coming, she's still serving. She might even have her own health issues, but she's here. She could do with some people on her team. So I encourage you, it's get on once a month, just do something. Yeah, don't make this a one-way ministry. Let's, let's bring something to the house when you come. So 
everywhere needs teams and volunteers, but Georgia particularly at the moment, if you could see her afterwards, that'd be great. But let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Tonight, if you are looking for that relationship with Jesus for the very first time, or maybe it's for the first time you've realized you're looking for a relationship, you've been chasing religion, trying to mail it in maybe, or you've just never heard the gospel before, understood that the gift of salvation is free, if you want that tonight and, and, and fully believe that the power of life and death is in your tongue, that words are powerful and that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be saved, if that's you tonight, just while everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just raise your right hand so I can see that. Yep, I can see that. You can put that down now. We're just going to pray this after me. Father, I come to you tonight. Everybody just repeat it out loud. Father, I come to you tonight. I confess that I've done things my own way. Forgive me of times where I've thought I could uh, purchase your love and attention. And tonight I come into relationship with you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet tonight. And I've just got the guys to add another song tonight. Um, just to give you a moment to outwork this. Some of you could go home and think about it and maybe come back and forget about it. But some of you might be in the mood to outwork this right now. And so we're just going to praise Him for a minute. Is that all right? This isn't a test. I'm going to be praising too. I'm not looking around at nothing. Just if you feel compelled to do your thing, offer your sacrifice of praise. But I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So I'll be up and back in just a minute.